Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. I want to share with you a little bit about what, what's been going on in my life the last two months, real quickly, and then we're going to, got some stuff we're going to talk about, and then dads, I got a message for you at the end, and we have a gift for you as well. Keisha! We need you to give out that gift at the end. It's over here where Spencer's at. You'll see it. Just look. You'll see it. If not, make something up. But there's something over there. Uh, so two months ago, April the 15th, um, I woke up Thursday morning, took the dogs outside like normal, um, got TJ ready for school. And um, as when I was sitting in my car to take TJ to school, y'all, something was wrong. Uh, My back was hurting, which is nothing new because my back's been hurting for 12 years since 2009, Um, but this was different. You know how like when you hurt, like, and something new hurts, you can tell, like, it's a different type of pain. It's a different, just a different hurt, right? Um, So it was rough. So Alex and Keisha and I, that morning, we had planned on having a staff meeting that Thursday morning. Um, So my plan was to take TJ to school, Um, then I was going to go home change clothes real fast because in case you do not know parents that drop kids off at school that don't go straight to work we're not ready okay we're not presentable not that I care a whole lot to be honest with you but a lot of moms do and I get it I understand it's fine Um, so I went home I changed clothes and y'all my back was hurt my leg was hurt um, different pain than what it was the day before so I laid down on the floor, did some stretches that the doctor told me to do years ago in 2009, um, and nothing helped. I was texting, I believe I was texting with Keisha. Keisha said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to have a meeting at 10 o'clock at the office because that's what we plan on doing, and nothing's going to stop us. We, we plan it. We're having a meeting. That's what we're going to do. About 30 minutes later, I texted Keisha back and said, hey, listen, don't worry about coming over today. I think we're okay. Um, so I went, got up, went straight to the bedroom, and laid down the bed. Callie come home from school that day. Uh, she said, Michael, we got to go to the doctor's. I said, we can try. So I got up and kind of hobbled and hunched over and walked, tried to walk to the car. Got out to the car, got the car door open. Um, I could not pick up my left leg to get it into the car. I by no means was able to sit down. You know how you kind of got to sit sideways in the car, like to get in, right? You put this leg in, and then you hunch over and lean over. There was no chance of that happening. I'm holding on to the door so I don't fall. Um, and I told Callie, I said, Callie, I can't, I can't go. She said, Michael, we've got to go to the doctor. We've got to get you some help. I said, you have to call the ambulance because I can't get in the car. I cannot go. I said, we'll try again tomorrow. So I went back inside, laid down all day Thursday. Friday, got up, same thing. Tried to get in the car, could not do it. Then we went and got my mama's car. My mama's car has got a bench back seat in it. And so somehow, by the grace of God, I was able to crawl into the back seat of my mom's car to lay down. Went to the doctor's. He said, I think you have a ruptured disc. 
He ordered an MRI. I got home that afternoon from the doctor thinking, I just want to lay down all the rest of my life, basically. I hurt so bad, I just want to lay down. About 30 minutes after we got home, the hospital called and said, hey, we can get you in for your MRI today. I'm thinking, I just got in the car one time. You want me to get back in the car again? I said, listen, I'm going to try to get there, but no guarantees. So we went back, got mom's car, and y'all, that was the absolute worst of the worst was that Friday. Uh, getting back in the car, laying for the MRI, funny story, got to the hospital. Kelly dropped me off at the door. Um, there's a lovely older lady there doing COVID screening, you know, asking if you've been out of the country, if you've been exposed, do you have symptoms, we're checking my temperature. I get all that. I'm all for that. I love it. However, this lovely old lady didn't understand how bad I was hurting at that time. And so I, I was probably rude to her, and I need to go back and apologize. Um, I wasn't overly rude, but I was probably a little, had a bad attitude. Um, and so she got me a wheelchair. She said, let me get you a wheelchair here to help you out. The problem is sitting down was the exact same as standing up. It doesn't, no good either. So here I am sitting in this wheelchair. Callie comes in, wheels me into this office. Because before they can give you any help at the hospital, Lord knows they got to get your insurance information because they ain't letting you leave without that insurance information no matter how you feel. Right? Any of my medical friends, I understand. I'm not mad at you. That's just the way it is. Uh, so Kelly wheels me into this office cubicle thing in the hospital. Y'all, my back and leg was hurting so bad. There was this lovely lady sitting there getting all our information. Callie was telling her, and I told Callie, I said, Callie, i got to lay down. She said, where are you going to lay down? I said, right here. She said, what do you mean? I said, I'm laying down. So I stood up. Callie pulled the wheelchair back. I laying down underneath the desk of this lady in this lady's office. No lie. She's like, I'm there at her feet. I could wash her feet if I needed to. Um, I'm laying down in the middle of the hospital office area. Three or four people walk by. Everything okay in here? Everything good? I said, yeah, I'm fine. Just give me a minute. I'm fine. Um, so I got up, did the MRI, found out I had a ruptured disc. I spent the next five weeks laying down. I did one day of physical therapy um, because I could not physically do what the physical therapist wanted me to do. I just couldn't do it. So I did one day of physical therapy. I got a shot. Nothing helped. I was hurting um, a lot. Another funny story. Uh, my mom and I were at the doctor's. Um, when we went for our pre, my pre-surgical appointment where you got to sign all the papers and they get all that money, that information to make sure they get paid for their surgery, right? Um, while we're there, I, can't, I couldn't sit up like in the waiting room. I had to lay down. And they had some nice couches in there. I mean real nice couches in the, this waiting room. So I'm over there waiting to give blood because apparently they got to check your blood before you have surgery. And so I'm laying down in this couch. And this, uh, I guess somebody called the security on me. Um, they don't like people laying down in their waiting room. So this security guy come over. He said, hey, man, we can't have you laying down in here. I said, brother, I can't stand up. He said, I can get you a wheelchair, kick your legs out. I think he was kin to that older lady at the hospital that day. <laughs> people want to get you a wheelchair, and I'm thankful for, but a wheelchair wasn't helping me. Um, so... They ran me out of there. I had to go lay in the car till it was my turn to give blood. So note to self, if you're ever at the hospital in High Point, 
or the doctor's office in High Point, do not lay down in the waiting room. You have to sit up. If not, they'll call security on you, and they'll run you out. So, um, so we made it. I had surgery. It be um, is it four weeks next week, Kelly? It was June or May 25th, whenever that was. I had surgery. They fixed me up. I got my uh, stitches taken out last week. So I'm feeling good. I'm doing well. I appreciate all of you, um, all of your prayers, all of your support, all your calls, all of your food deliveries. You guys are the absolute best. And we had a baby during that whole time. Um, I forgot to mention. We had a baby. I got, my, I got hurt on uh, April the 15th. We had a baby on April the 19th. Four days after, while I was laying in the bed, I was not able to be there when the baby was born because I could not stand up, um, but I was there through video, and it was wonderful. Um, so everything is good on our end. I'm feeling much better. Uh, by doctor's orders, I have to take it easy. They don't want me lifting anything. They want me limiting my movement and my walk, which is why I have a chair up here, um, but everything is looking good, and I appreciate you all. Thank you very much. And our baby and mama are doing well. They're both sitting back there. If anybody would like to see them before we leave, they're there. Wave your hand, Kelly. Just wave. Wave. Do something. <laughs> Put your hands in the air. Wave them like you just don't care. Okay. All right. Now let's get to some good stuff. Um, uh, so think back with me to uh, last year, to 2020, um, how, how crazy the year was in 2020 from everything that went on. Obviously, COVID was the headline um, of 2020, um, and now sitting here in June, on June the 20th of 2021, um, I was thinking back the past couple of weeks while I was laying in the bed. I had nothing else to do. I did nothing but watch TV and read for six weeks, um, and that was it. Um, so while doing that, I was thinking back, and... Um, I was thinking about 2020, and I was thinking about COVID, and I was thinking about just everything that happened last year. And one of the things that I think is true, I want to share with you this morning, you feel free to share with me after service if you agree with me or not, um, and that is this. One, COVID obviously caught everybody by surprise, right? None of us in March of 2020 was ready. We were expecting a worldwide pandemic that would have the physical effects that it had and would also have the emotional effects that it had on loved ones, on friends, on people all across the, all across the world. COVID kind of caught us all off guard. Second thing that I believe to be true about COVID is, uh, is that COVID unintentionally caused the church as a whole, the believers as a whole, to fall asleep. Here's what I mean. The scriptures call us, the believers, the sons and daughters of God, the church as a whole. Scriptures call us to be awake. Scripture calls the church to be moving, to be active, to be alive. I believe that one of the unintentional effects of 2020 and of COVID was that the church as a whole fell asleep. And here's why I say that. For months, from March, April into May, our church and churches all across our country and all across the world, and even some churches still today, were not meeting actively in person. And I get it, right? Like, I'm not upset. Like, I get it. I understand. 
there was fear, there was worry, the people didn't want to get sick. I get it, I get it, I get it. But what that calls is this. Without us together, worshiping together, praying together, serving together, living together, praying together, um, giving together, without the togetherness of the church, what happened was, what I believe that happened, was that it caused the church to simply go to sleep. Because when something's not moving, when something's not active, what happens? It falls asleep. If you sit where you're at with your leg crossed for a couple of minutes without moving your toes or moving your foot, what's going to happen? Your foot's going to start tingling and fall asleep. And I believe the same is true and the same can happen and the same did happen for the church as a whole is that the church fell asleep. Why did the church fall asleep? Because it was not doing anything. Now listen, through last March, April, and May, while we were not meeting outside or meeting in here, we were still sharing the word of the Lord through our online services. There are several churches throughout our area, throughout our country today that are still, serve, uh, still sharing God's word through the internet and online and all that good stuff. However, God has called the church to be awake and to be active and to be moving and to be alive. So when the church is not meeting together, when you are not here, when you were at home because of COVID, when you are out of, out of touch with God's house and God's people, what happens is the church simply falls asleep because it's not active, it's not moving, it's not, not um, alive as the scriptures call us to, to be. I was talking to a lady over at a restaurant this past week, um, a lovely lady, a wonderful lady. Um, she asked me, I think it was Friday I was there. She said, what time does church start on Sunday? I said, 9.30. I said, you coming? She said, I need to. I said, yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> you need to come. I said, when was the last time you went to church? She said, oh. She said, probably 2019. I said, why has it been so long since you've been to church? Why has it been over a year, getting close to two years? She said, I don't know. I said, can I ask you a couple of questions? She said, yeah. I said, was it because of COVID? She said, no. I said, you weren't afraid of getting sick or any of that stuff? She said, no. She said, I understand. I could have got sick, and that's fine. She said, but that's not why. I said, why did you not go to church that whole time? She said, just got out of the habit. You know what that tells me? She was asleep. Does that make sense? She fell asleep. At one time, she was awake. Scripturally speaking, she was awake. By her own admission, over the past year and a half, when you're not here, you're not plugged in, you're not serving together, praying together. Now listen, no doubt this lady is doing these things in her own life, which is wonderful, great, and admire, ad admirable. However, the family, the body, is called to do that stuff together right? We are called to pray for each other. We are called to serve one another. We are called to encourage each other. I can't encourage you if I'm not here to see you. I can't pray with you if I am not in contact with you. I can't worship with you unless you and I are both in the same place worshiping together. That is why, my friends, I believe that the local church, our church, Sunset, Baptist, Foster Street, Journey, 
all the plethora of churches around Asheboro is so important because what needs to be done for you cannot be done unless you are present and awake and alive in the local churches every single week. That's why one reason I've devoted the last 20 years of my life to working in a church. It's for you. It's for me. I need to be with you. I need the relationships, and you need them in your life as well. I don't want you here every week so that we can, I can call in our stats to the Westland people and say, hey, listen, we had 612 people at church this week. You know what somebody would say? We had 712 people at church this week. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. What I care about is people, is you being here and being awake, not falling asleep, connecting your life with another one so that we can do the each others together, so that we can love each other, pray for each other, serve each other, serve together so that we can simply live life together. One of the other things that COVID calls in the church being asleep is that when you're asleep, it's easy to forget your purpose, right? When I go to bed at nighttime, I may be thinking, oh, let me tell you this story. Oh, this is terrible. I got in a little trouble with our district a couple years ago. Uh, in case you don't know, the Westland Church in North Carolina is split up in two districts. You have an East District and a West District. We are a part of the East District of the Westland Church in North Carolina. We have a district superintendent, we have a district board, we have all that kind of stuff. I got in a little bit of trouble with these higher-ups in our district. Now, some people would not tell you this story because they would be embarrassed. I don't care. It does not matter to me one bit. Um, so, the way this works, before you, one person is ordained, you are you're district standards, you are a ministerial student, means you're working towards ordination. You have certain things that you have to do to be able to be ordained in the Westland Church. Um, at this time, I was a ministerial student. I was not ordained. And I did not meet some of the requirements that were required for ordination. They have like a timetable they want you to get this done in. They want it done in two years. I was working on like year 12, okay? Um, so I was behind. And so they set up a meeting called a special meeting just for me. I was so impressed that they wanted to have a meeting just for me. Um, and and um, they wanted to find out why it was taking me so long. The meeting was on a Saturday morning at Rushwood Westland Church here in Ashboro. Um, I, I don't know. Let's say the meeting time was at 9 o'clock, right? I was, had to be there. It was a big meeting. Your boy didn't make it. You know why your boy didn't make it? Because your boy didn't think about it on Friday night, so he didn't set no alarm for Saturday morning, and so he didn't make it. What happened to that? The reason I didn't, what happened after I didn't make it? For a little while, I was kicked out of the ordination process, and I was on the do not ordain list. <laughs> uh, um, I'm back in now. I have fulfilled, I've been ordained for two years, I can do your wedding, if you know anybody needs to get married, I can do it now, okay, so, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, I went to sleep that Friday night, and forgot my purpose on Saturday, right? I didn't think about it Friday night, I didn't set an alarm Friday night, so Saturday morning I completely forgot everything I needed, 
I needed to do on Saturday morning. While being asleep, while the church is asleep, one of the things that can happen is that you can forget that we as a whole can forget our purpose. So what I want to do is take the next 15 minutes of our time together and simply reshare with you the purpose, the mission, the vision of our church here, where we're at, where we're going, and how you all can help us out together. Is that cool? If you want to send an email, send an email to, uh, um, to the Westland Church, East District Westland Church. Tell them how great I am and let them know they did a good job letting me back in the process. I would appreciate it. Then people love me. Not really. Uh, okay. All right. A couple things that I believe God has called us to do here. Number one, God has called us to take care of each other. God has called us. God has called his church, God has called this church, God has called your church to take care of our family, to take care of our family. While I was out with my back and our lovely baby, many of you called me to check in, you texted me, you come by my house to hang out for a little while, I had to lay down the couch while you were there because I could not sit up, but none of you judged me, I don't believe, Um, and if you did, I don't care. Um... So, thank you so much for the the meals, all that stuff. You guys were taking care of me as Scripture calls you to do. And I want to say thank you for that. I also want to encourage you that to courage and help us as a whole to do that, not just for me, but to make that available to everyone. We are called to love each other. We are called to take care of our family, to take care of our body. Luke says it this way in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. He says this. This was right after Jesus was crucified, resurrected, hung out for 40 days, went back up to heaven. Acts chapter 2, you had the Holy Spirit come down, and people were getting saved, and people were believing like crazy. And this is what their church looked like in Acts 2 verse 42 says this they devoted themselves to the apostles teachings and to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer everyone was filled with all at the at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles all believers were together and had everything in common stop i believe it's so important this morning that you are a Tar Heel fan so that we can have everything in common. Amen? Keep reading. Thank you. Keep reading. Verse 45. They sold property and possessions and to give up. There's probably a reason. There's probably a reason I got kicked out of the district for a little while. It was probably warranted. For a little while, I was a little jaded about it and thought, ah, who cares, but there's probably a reason. All right, keep reading. Verse 45. They sold property and possessions, possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That is what the first church looked like. That is the definition of why we do what we do. God has called you and I to take care of our brothers and sisters in our 
family. So what we want to do is we want to set up a group of people. Some of you have this gift, some of you do not. We want to set up a group of people that simply takes care of our family when they need to be taken care of. When Callie and I needed your help, you were there. My mom even mentioned several times, you got some good people at your church. Do you have people come by today bring you food? Yeah, you have good people there. We want that to be available. We want that to be a priority, not just for Callie and I, but for everybody. If you have a need today, we want you to know that I don't have you covered, but we have you covered. Amen? If you have something going on in your life and you could use a night off and you needed some help with, some, with dinner one night, you let us know we got you covered. If you have something going on in your life and you need some help at your house, maybe you need help cleaning out a garage, you need help picking up sticks in your yard, you need help mowing your yard because you can't do it on your own, we got you covered. Right? If you need some, have something going on in your life and you need some emotional help, maybe you just need somebody to listen to you while you talk and you can cry with and share together, we got you covered. Right? You need somebody in your life to celebrate with you. You got something going on and you want to celebrate. We're there with you. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a real good crier. I don't cry a lot. So if you need somebody to cry with you, we'll get, I'll send somebody else to you. But if you need somebody to celebrate with you, I am a celebrating machine. I can do karaoke. I can sing. I can dance. I can party. I can have a good time. We want to celebrate with you. What this is, this is the simple definition. This is what Acts 2 looks like today. It's the family loving the family. It's the body taking care of each other. We are all in this together. We can't do it on our own. The Christian life was not made for you to live life on your own. Matter of fact, I believe that you can't even successfully live the Christian life with, without having the help of other people around you. You need me. I need you. Believe it or not, I need D. Tuttle in my life today. More crazy, she needs me. And I need you. And you need Ed in your life. We all need a little Juan in our life. Right. We need each other. If, you, if that's, while well, I was speaking about this, if that's put a spark in your heart and you thought, oh, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. I can be with a group of people that can help out when somebody needs help. Let me know before you leave. Let Alex know. Let Keisha know before you leave. We simply just want to be a church that loves each other and helps take care of each other like we see in Acts chapter 2. The second thing involved with taking care of our family, of our body, is taking care of our house, taking care of our building, taking care of this building and of the fellowship hall. We had a little situation last week. Some of you already know. For those of you that do not, we had some raccoons in our fellowship hall. We had a whole family of them, from what I understand. Do y'all know how raccoons work? Let me share it with you. When a mama raccoon has baby raccoons, she leaves the daddy raccoon because daddy raccoon will kill the baby raccoons so he can hang out with the mom raccoon and have more babies. So mama raccoon, when she has babies, she leaves daddy raccoon so he won't kill the baby raccoons. 
We had a mama raccoon and baby raccoons in the ceiling in our fellowship hall last week. Good news, we got them out. That's good news. Bad news, we got some ceiling tiles that have been knocked down. We got some food torn into, thrown all over the place. There's some, uh, there's some cleaning up that needs to be done over there. I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. Um, we had some raccoons get in us. Anybody ever had a raccoon in your house before? Y'all better be praising God. Y'all need to be clapping and singing and shouting because them jokers can do some damage. Um, there's things we want to do here in the sanctuary. We want to get some new lights. We want to change a couple things around. There's things downstairs in the basement that we need to address that we want to give our time and attention. Now, here's what happens. Coming out of COVID, the church being asleep, this is not your fault. This stuff that I'm talking about, this is not your fault. This is my fault. This is on me. This goes squarely on my shoulders. This is where I've been asleep. This is where I haven't been paying attention. Because during COVID, we didn't use the downstairs. We didn't use the fellowship hall as much because we were not all meeting together. We were not gathering together. And so we were, the church was asleep. And your boy right here was asleep. And this is on me. This is my fault. But I believe that God today is calling us to wake back up and to get back to moving and to get back to action and to get back alive and to wake up together. So we have some issues downstairs that we want to address. Here's the way we're going to do this. On July the 11th is a Sunday. Right after church on July the 11th, Sunday morning, we want you. We want your input. We need your eyes. We need your heart. What we're going to do July the 11th, right after church is over, we're going to meet over in the fellowship hall, in our raccoon-free fellowship hall. Right after church, we're going to have some refreshments over there for you. I'm going to share for two minutes with you, and then what we're going to do is we're going to split up. Half of you are going to come over here and walk around upstairs and walk around downstairs, and we're simply going to make a list of everything we see that needs work done to it. We want your eyes. We want your heart. Because I can walk through here and see one thing. Keisha can walk through here, see something completely different. Jane may walk through here, see something that both Keisha and I missed. Men, don't act like that's not true. When we clean the house, don't act like your wife don't come in and say, well, you missed this. I didn't see it. Right? So we need the different eyes. We need the different hearts because your heart is trained in different ways and see different things in different ways. Your eyes, your mind sees different things in different ways. And we want to make sure that the family is taking care of the family and that the family is taking care of the building. So July the 11th, right after church, I'm talking 10 minutes, y'all. I'm not talking an hour and a half long gathering time. I'm talking just a few minutes we want to walk around. We want to make a list of what we see needs to be done. Then what we're going to do is we're going to prioritize that list. We're going to take that list, and we're going to find things that can be done by September. Then we're going to find things on the list that can be done by November. Then we're going to find things on the list that can be done by next summer. And then there's probably going to be some things on the list that can't be done till next December of 2022. And that's okay because we will have a plan, we will have um, our, our family, we'll be taking care of each other, and we'll be taking care of the building at the same time. Cool? That sound good? Number two, God has called us to uh, grow spiritually 
together. The whole reason we do what we do is so that you know God better, so that you grow closer to God. Paul says it this way in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. This is Paul praying for the Ephesians. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may what? Know him better. Paul goes on to say, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power, who for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realms. Our whole purpose, the reason why we are here every Sunday morning is so that you will, one, know God. So that, two, if you already know God, so that you will know God better. So that, three, so that you will know the hope to which he has called you to. So that you will know heaven. You will know the hope of glory, which is Jesus Christ. And three, so that you will know that if you are in Christ today, you have power in your life. You don't just have, like, presidential power or presidential authority. The Bible says that you have power in your life, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That may not mean anything to y'all. Let me try again. Let me try again. Need something? You need the Lord to touch some area in your life? It can happen. Why can it happen? Because you have the same power in your life that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The same Jesus Christ that they thought was dead and gone and rid of the world. The problems that problems that he was causing while he was here, they thought it was over until three days later, the power of God raised up his son from the grave and he lives today forevermore that same power lives inside of you this morning if you are found in Christ if you are a believer you have been forgiven you are a saint you have been set free you are a Christian today you are a son and daughter of Jesus Christ then you have that same power in your life we want to make sure that you know it Not only that you know it, but we want you living it. We want you living it out. I want you to be living in that power, living in the power that's raised Jesus Christ from the dead. We are called together to grow spiritually together. One of the ways we're going to do that in July, we are going to offer you different ways for you to grow spiritually. There are going to be some Bible studies offered for you to grow spiritually. There's going to be some life activities offered for you to grow spiritually. There's going to be some prayer times for you to grow spiritually together. Not by yourself, although I hope you are growing, but we want to grow together. Amen? Amen. Amen. Number three, God has called us to minister to this neighborhood that surrounds our church. If you have been here for any amount of time, you have heard me talk a lot about the neighborhood and what's around us and these apartments and all that kind of good stuff. Um, Two and a half years ago, when we came here to Central, when we started here at Central, um, we had two goals. Number one was we wanted to be a healthy church. 
Number two is we wanted to reach more people than what we could just reach at Foster Street. That's why we are here on this side of town. One, I believe that a healthy church is all three of these things put together. It's a church that loves, cares for, and serves its family, that takes care of its family. A healthy church is a church that is growing spiritually together, and a healthy church is a church that takes what happens here outside of here. It's a church that takes the word of the Lord, and it doesn't just stay in this, these four walls and doesn't just stay at 614 Hoover Street, but it takes it out to their families, to the neighborhood, to the communities, to their job, so that we can spread the word of Jesus Christ together. Here's one, a couple different ways we're going to do that over the next couple of months. Um, all summer long, we are giving out food. Every Wednesday, if you have somebody in your life, you know somebody who needs a little help with some food, tell them to come by here. Wednesdays, 10.30 in the morning, we have food for them. We had to get some more because those stinking raccoons took care of our supply we had over there, but it's fine. We got plenty. You send people our way if you have people in your life that need help with food Wednesdays at 10.30. We also want to take that message of free food here Wednesdays at 10.30 through this neighborhood. What we're going to do is whenever I am cleared by the doctor to walk a mile, whenever that is, hopefully sooner or later, it was not last week, I know that much, but we want to get a group of people to walk, simply walk around the neighborhood and tell people, hey, you need food? We got you on Wednesday. You know somebody needs food? You come by here Wednesday mornings at 10.30. Scarlett and I did this, what, a year or so ago? We walked through the neighborhood, had a great time. We met great people that were nice to us. I'm not talking about busting in somebody's house, Jehovah Witness style, right? That's how you get yourself shot these days. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about simply walking through the neighborhood getting some exercise, getting some physical activity in, and when you see somebody outside, say, hey, what's your name? McKenna, my name is Michael, nice to meet you. Hey, I go to church over here at Central Wesleyan. You could probably look over there and see the steeple up there. Hey, listen, we're giving out food every Wednesdays. If you ever need any help, anything we can do for you, please come by. We have church at 930. Come on by whenever you can make it. That's all I'm talking about. That's it. We want to take simply what happens here out these doors, across the street, across the next street, across the, to the right, and then circle back around this way. We want to reach this community for the Lord. Another way we're going to do that is on August the 8th. We're going to have a one-day VBS, August the 8th, Sunday on August the 8th. Before then, we, me and you, we're going to walk this neighborhood. I'm getting cleared to walk a mile by August 8th. I promise you. If not, I'm going to do it anyway. Just don't tell the doctor. Before August 8th, we want to spread this neighborhood. We want to canvas this neighborhood just to let the people know. If you have kids, you need to come here August 8th. We're going to have games. We're going to have food. We're going to have to be talking about Jesus. We're going to be giving away school supplies. We want to help you out. And then you know what happens? When they're here and on our campus, on our property, we need you to go up to them and say, hey, don't you live over here? Yes. <laughs> My name's Michael. Nice to meet you. And guess what? Then we go from taking care of our family first. Then we start taking care of the neighborhood. 
then we start loving the people that we just drive by and we don't know them. Then we can put a name with a face. Then once we have their name, guess what we can do? We can start praying for them. Once we start praying for them, guess what happens? God moves in their life. And then, God willing, their sins are forgiven. And then we'll see them in heaven. And you may have thought you just drove past somebody on the street and it's no big deal. No, it is a big deal. Because we want that person in heaven with us. Amen? Amen. Ah, what else I got? What time is it? Oh! 10.32. Okay. I was going to talk about cruddy buddies, but we'll save that for some other time. Let's go on to the end here. How can you be involved? Three ways. Number one, we need you to pray for us. We need you to pray for us. We don't want you to. We need you to. We want to start with the Lord in all that we do. Everything that we do going forward with our family, with our building, growing spiritually, and reaching the community, we want to start it with the Lord. We need you to be praying for us. Number two, we need your gifts. We need your gifts. Here's what I mean by we need your gifts. One, we need your time. The things to be done in the building, walking around the neighborhood, growing spiritually, all that happens with time. Growing spiritually doesn't just happen on Sunday mornings. It happens during the week and on the weekend, not just on Sunday mornings. Reaching the neighborhood doesn't just happen on Sunday mornings. We need your time to be able to, be able, to, be able to do these things. Uh, two, we need your tithes. We want you to continue to be generous in your giving, to be generous in your offerings. You guys have been amazing throughout COVID and not meeting. You guys still got your tithes in, and we appreciate it. Thank you so much for trusting the Lord with your tithes and your offerings. If you're not a tither, today was a great day to start tithing. Today is a great day to start trusting the Lord with your income. Amen? Number three, we need your talents. We need your talents. We need your time. We need your tithe. And we need your talents. You guys can do stuff that I will never be able to do. I can do stuff that you will never be able to do. You can reach people in your life that I can never reach. I can reach people in my life that you can never reach. We need your talents with some of the cosmetic stuff, some of the work that needs to be done in the buildings. Can I just say, I am not a craftsman at all. Every time Kelly and I get a TV stand, she puts it together. I can screw the screws in, but I can't like look at the paper with the directions. They mean nothing to me. All I see is a bunch of lines with numbers on it and arrows. I don't, I don't get it, it doesn't mean anything to me. Some of you are not like that. Some of you can put that stuff together in a heartbeat. And I am impressed and I'm jealous at the same time. We need your talents. There are things that we want to do here that we're going to talk about on July the 11th of what we want to do physically to the building here that you guys can help us with. And we need you to do it. I'll close with this. Uh, Psalm 23, verse 1, you know what it says. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Here's the deal. I believe that God has called us to do these three things that we just went over. To take care of each other, take care of the building, to grow together spiritually, and to reach the neighborhood and minister to the neighborhood. God has called us to do that. 
I believe scripturally, Scripture says that when God calls, God provides. Amen? When God calls you to do something, when God leads you in a certain area, he will provide a way for you to do it. You may not see it. It may not make any sense. When, God, when Jesus uh, called Peter to get out of the boat and walk on the water, nobody's ever walked on water before. Peter had no reason to believe other than the fact, Jesus called me to do it. The only confidence he needed to walk on water was Jesus calls, Jesus pr provides. And I believe that is true for us today. These things that God has called us to do, I believe he has already provided the means. He has already provided the time, the tithes, and the talents to do it. It's up to us as a family and as a body to do what God is calling us to do. Amen? All right. Dads, I got a challenge for you. Dads, I love you. Most underrated holiday of the whole year. Second-rate holiday, so they say. Not in my book. Today's like Christmas morning to me. Christmas and Easter and Thanksgiving all wrapped into one. Father's Day. The best. Forget dads. Men. Fellas. Boys. Look at the ladies around you. Just kind of take a quick look. Just a quick glance. Don't look too hard because the other fellow may not like it. Fellas, it's not the ladies' time and turn to lead what we're talking about. It's not your kids' turn to lead. Fellas, it's on us. Dads, men, boys, it's on us. It's our turn. The father, the man, the dad has been absent from the church for far too long. It's our turn to do, to fulfill the, God, the call that God has put on our life. It's not the person beside of you's turn. It's yours, and it's mine. Dads, we need to be the one leading in prayer. We need to be the one leading in serving. We need to be the ones leading in giving. We need to be the ones leading in worship. We need to be the ones leading in gathering together. That's on us, boys. That's us. It's our turn to do it. Right? That's on us. We lead the family. We lead the family. And it's our turn to lead the church today. Cool. Let's stand together. We're going to pray. Dads, as you leave... Alex has a gift for you in the back. Make sure you see her before you go. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for our church. God, we thank you for our church family. God, we thank you for this building. God, we thank you for this neighborhood. And God, we thank you for you being who you are and what you have done for us. God, I believe today that you have greater things ahead of us. God, we got to make sure that we're doing our part. We got to make sure that we're obeying. We got to make sure that we're serving. We got to make sure that we're a part of the family. God, as I look around here at my family, I see 
people who are elbows. I see people who are ears. I see people who are right legs and left legs. God, no matter what part of the body we are, we are in this together. We are one body called by one God to worship you alone together. So God, I pray over the next few weeks and the next few months that you will use us, that you will lead us, and that we will follow and obey your call and your word to take care of each other, to take care of this building, to grow together spiritually, and to minister to the neighborhood and the community that you have so graciously given us. God, I believe it's no mistake that we are sitting here on this property at 614 Hoover Street. God, I believe two and a half years ago, you called us here to reach this community. And God, that's exactly what we're going to do with your help. Lord, we love you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.